As a seasoned healthcare executive with a proven track record of building impactful businesses, our next guest leveraged his unique experience with EMRs, consulting, and AI products to launch his latest venture. Eric McKesson, CEO of Rotera and an all Ventures company, joins us to discuss how his startup came to be and the importance of Olive's leadership embracing his team to build a services company to bring AI to the entire healthcare industry. Additionally, Eric and I discuss cybernetics, why this technology will transform the industry by enhancing human productivity and effectiveness, and how you can get involved. Join us for this impactful conversation as we continue to work together to move the healthcare industry forward. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Eric. Welcome to our podcast, and I hope you're ready to cause all sorts of good trouble today. Absolutely. Happy to be here, Mike. Eric, I'm fired up to be able to share with our podcast community all the exciting things happening at Rotera and why you are incredibly well-positioned to lead it. But before we dive into all the action-packed things that are happening with the Rotera team, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Eric, it's almost time for our community to learn about your vision and mission at Rotera, the only AI consulting and custom development company that leverages the Olive platform. But first, I'm going to randomly select an icebreaker question so we can get to know you. We are talking travel, my friend. What is your favorite place on earth and why? Awesome. Awesome question. There's so many places I love to travel as I know you do as well. I go to Switzerland. I've actually only been there once, but I want to go back so badly. It is just a magical, magical place. When we were there, we spent a lot of time in a town called Grindelwald at the base of Eiger Mountain. And there's another mountain, I think it's called Mattenberg. We were there for two days and it was completely cloud covered. Didn't really know what was around us. And all of a sudden this one morning, we walk outside, the clouds had cleared and there's literally a 6,000 foot wall of rock shooting straight up in front of us. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I live in Colorado, I'm out hiking and all of that. And the sheer size and magnitude of this thing in front of us was so magical. The waterfalls everywhere, the glaciers, it really just like no other place I've ever been and somewhere that I could really escape and kind of feel like I've entered a new world. The other thing I think about it is really the accessibility. They've done such a great job of making it so anyone can see this nature. You can take a train or a cog rail all the way up to the top of a mountain and look out over these glaciers and everything, which is amazing. And then you can also get completely away from that if you want to. So Yeah, I'd say Switzerland. Switzerland, it's at the top of my list. Matter of fact, kind of a sad fact, actually, because 2019, we were looking at, okay, where are we going to go next? And we had Switzerland at the very top of the list. We're like, yeah, we're all in on Switzerland. And then the pandemic hit. So that obviously got pushed. So yeah, 
you said you want to go back to Switzerland. I got to tell you, Eric, I like to just go somewhere at some point. <laughs> I can't wait. So hopefully people will continue to get their jab, get the vaccine, because I want to get back to traveling. I am right there with you. We are close friends. And you know that uh, besides causing all sorts of good trouble in healthcare, my other big passion is traveling this amazing place that is this planet. So I can't wait to get back myself. Still at the top of the list. I'm definitely going to get to Switzerland. That is one of my goals. And of course, I'll be hitting you up for some pro tips once I get over there to make sure I check out exactly what you described, which sounds amazing. So thank you for sharing that, Eric. And thank you for sharing your love of travel. Again, you know it. And I know we both love to get out on the road and I hope we get back out there very soon. But for now, I'm looking forward to discussing your passion and mission with Rotera and for our community to learn more about the mission at hand after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. With rising burnout, malpractice, digital and personal risks, clinicians face greater than a million dollar liability. And in today's climate, busy frontline healthcare workers don't have the capacity to attend to these risky blind spots. But the AdaptTrack team is bringing hope and solutions to the healthcare industry. AdaptTrack's mission is to help clinicians and their practice teams work and live better. AdaptTrack's 30-second nudges unlock Category 1 continuing medical education credits along with insurance savings while meeting the busy clinician where they are. On Clubhouse, during weekend nature walks, through all of helps, from this podcast, and over 3,000 additional work-life moments. To learn more about AdaptTrack and how you can engage in active learning that drives a 5x plus ROI, a 30x time savings, and an experience clinicians will love, head over to adapttrack.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. We are back with Eric McKesson, CEO of Rotera. We have a lot to unpack today. I have been looking forward to this conversation with you, my friend. Here we are, Rotera, founded in 2021. A lot already happening in the camp, Eric. But many people who may not know you quite yet, they're going to after this podcast, they don't know how much of an expert you are in this industry. I want them to understand all the things that you've gone through in your journey. You've had a storied career. You've done a lot of amazing work within the health technology, the digital health space. I've been able to have you here with one of your previous startups here at Catalyst, our healthcare innovation campus in downtown Denver. You have been a key leader and a key member in our community here in the Mile High City. But before we dive into Rotera, what's going on, where you're taking the company, give us a little bit of that journey. How did you get to where you are today as the CEO of Rotera? And then we'll go from there as well into future state of where you're going to take Rotera. But for now, give us a little bit of that journey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll rewind the clock all the way back and give you a brief history of my life in a way. <laughs> I'm an 80s, 90s kid. My time in the 80s and into the early 90s, technology was something I was always interested in. I would take apart every single electronic I could think of and try to put it back together and dig when Windows came out, dig through every single item of control panel and try to understand what it meant and what impact it would have on my experience with the machine itself. Always technically interested. I also was always entrepreneurial. We built fortune booths and had kids at fun fairs, putting coins in and getting fortunes popped out to them. We had a, a nature walk and I was selling rocks and <laughs> flower bouquets door to door and all sorts of things as a kid. And then actually holding a job as early as 14 until now. I've always been also you know, wanting to work and wanting to learn new things. Simultaneously as a kid, my grandparents, three out of the four passed away before I was 10 years old. 
I didn't get to know them very well. My father's older. He had me when he was 46. And so I always had this fear of aging. So when I got into school, I was thinking pre-med, I want to do something in that space. And I was impacted by that early life impact. But I also was still drawn to technology. And early on, I went to Indiana University. I started researching the cross between technology and healthcare and started to see that there was something emerging. It was still early on. The medical record software was not a big thing, but it was starting to come out. And then I ran into Epic Systems recruiting on campus there and immediately knew this is it. This is healthcare. This is technology. This is what I want to be in. It's the only place I interviewed and I just knew I was going to make it work. Uh, (laughs) Got a job offer, went for it, moved up to Madison, Wisconsin and spent four and a half years there and was always trying to kind of push the boundaries of what are we doing? My first role, I was leading what was the model system. So trying to create the basis for every new install of Epic. I had a team of 100 people and I was just out of college. It was crazy, but amazing learning experience. And then the first single billing office implementation, the first hospital community connect implementation, a lot of things that I was trying to push on at Epic. And then high tech came in in 2019, obviously fueled a lot of the EMR work and the adoption of the EMR. I felt through that a little bit that we were so focused on getting implementation done that innovation was starting to slide. The size of the organization was starting to grow so big that I really wanted smaller that I could have an impact on again. And at that point, I decided to jump over into consulting and I jumped into a group of five of us, a little company called McKinnis. And we happened to hit that time frame of EMR-based consulting becoming a big thing. And most of the people were focused on staff org. We really tried to think about strategy and how do we leverage the EMR to its greatest extent? And in these early days of thinking about automating with it, right out of the gate, we started creating products within the EMR platforms themselves that would automate routine tasks, try to reduce inefficiencies, try to have a cost impact. And around that time, as this was all beginning, it became crystal clear to me that if we really wanted to have an impact on the health of our nation, on the health of our families, we had to solve a lot of this administrative stuff. And there's others that have thought that and others that are thinking that, but it really hit me at that point in time. And we went very, very deep on the administrative burden and how do we help health systems be able to help their patients? We were looking at an environment and everyone in this industry has seen this environment where patients and everyday people know that there's so much money in this industry. And when they see that, there's often a finger being pointed at health systems potentially being the evil one that is trying to profit off of this thing. I didn't see it that way. And I never did. We were working with customers that we knew working off these 2% margin, barely staying alive. And so we really thought that if we can automate, if we can reduce process, reduce unnecessary process and help bring humanity back into care in any way we can, we should be able to help these health systems actually stay afloat and actually provide the care that everyone deserves. That was the mission early on. From there, we ultimately were sold to Navigate Consulting. We, so I was into the public consulting space for a while and continued to kind of push on the automation space and the use of the EMR to its greatest extent and seeing what you can do with it while also thinking about how to bring other technologies in alongside it. Truthfully, wasn't really cut for that 
large organization, publicly traded organization type of environment and wanted to get back into the entrepreneurial world again. So back to selling rocks and flowers like when I was a kid. I did leave in 2018. As you mentioned, I was part of the Catalyst world and started a company called Vendi. We saw such a challenge in how do we help health systems find the right partners? How do we cut through the noise of marketing potentially? How do we cut through some of the noise of pay to play that was out there and how certain vendors were being graded and promoted and some of that and tried to really make it provider organization driven social network in a way while also providing services with them to help through the selection process and all of that. Shortly into that, ran into Olive and was really drawn to their mission. And also it kind of brought back these memories of what I was trying to do in consulting and pushing on the automation envelope and feeling like I'd been tapped out in terms of what we could do with the EMR. And here's this whole new thing, right? And I knew it was on the cusp, but it hadn't really taken off yet. The thought of AI and healthcare thought of robotic process automation, deep machine learning algorithms, all these things were just a major draw. And so I decided to jump over in summer 2019, hopped over to Olive and really started to look at all the things that we were providing and start to think about, got great ideas. We were still only about a hundred people at the time, all these great ideas coming from everywhere wanted to think about how do we start standardization of repetitive things that we keep seeing, put a big emphasis on what we called solution design and thinking about how we package our solutions. How do we productize some of the things that we're doing? And that's just evolved like crazy since I've been here. As you know, we're all of it. It has over 600, close to 700 employees now and a massive suite of products as well as custom solutions coming out. So it's been an amazing journey but I've been in that solution and product world since I've been here now, since I was at Olive. Now I'm technically still at Olive. Early 21, late 2020, Olive came out with the idea of Olive Builds, which was how do we start to create new companies that actually align with our mission and can help bring that mission to a much broader audience beyond what we can do just by ourselves as Olive. So I was approached early on as, hey, you know, we have this also emerging platform of Olive Helps, which is this concept of cybernetics. It's going beyond automation. It's starting to think about using, helping humans be more effective in everything they do. And I was so drawn to that concept from day one. That happened to align with the thought of Olive Builds and building new companies. The stars aligned there and said, hey, we actually could really use someone that can go out to market alongside us, help implement custom cybernetics type of work in the Olive Helps platform and be the first to really start building companies on the Olive platform. I immediately kind of paralleled it to the world of Epic and Cerner and the consulting shops that grew alongside those EMRs. This is sort of the same thing. And this is very much stage one of that. I could be the first company to build on top of it in that same light. And I do think that AI and Olive as a platform is kind of where the epics of the world were a decade ago. So it's come together in that light. And here I am building this team to really think about how we bring Olive to the masses and can't be more excited. Yeah, it's, it's a heck of a journey. If I had to point to one person that pulled me into the Olive-verse, it's you, <laughs> right? I've been very fortunate <laughs> to be part of Olive now. I'm just absolutely love rolling up the sleeves alongside leaders like you and all the other Olivians here at Olive. Podcasting is not my full-time day job. Maybe one day, 
in the future, it might be because I do love being able to spend time with leaders like you on this podcast. It's incredible what I get to learn from our guests just like you. But my full-time work is really around all of it. And we're going to talk more about it. It's just been one heck of a journey. I've been with all of us since September of 2020. So in all of time, that's about seven and a half years ago. That's right. I mean, you've been there for decades, <laughs> joining in 2019. <laughs> Before we go there, you shared a few terms. We're going to need to unpack those for the community that may not be familiar with all of or some of the things you discussed, like cybernetics and things like that. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. We're going to get to you know what does it mean about Rotera building on top of all of in the platform? What's all that mean? We'll get there. But I want to go back to something. When we first met, it was with your startup here at Catalyst, Vendi, as you mentioned. And I was able to work alongside you every day on campus. And you not only are one of the brightest minds I've ever been able to work alongside, but the hustle. I mean, you work your tail end of you were one of the first ones here, one of the last ones to leave. And the reason why I'm sharing that and to tee it up for you in order to share from your perspective with our entrepreneurs, our aspiring entrepreneurs and dreamers that tune in, what was it like? starting your own company. You said you had an exit with one of your consulting companies, you built Vendi, then you joined a very, very high growth startup now, all of being valued over $1.5 billion. What are one or two or three takeaways of what that's like? What did you learn from it? What is that experience? What can you offer advice to others out there who want to build just like you? Wonderful question. Obviously, it's hard. It's very, very hard. And it's scary. A lot of people that decide to do this are coming from potentially a very stable job and you're making ends meet. And all of a sudden you're going to turn that off and say, I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to do this thing because I think I can do something bigger. So it's scary, but it's also just, it's a daily rush. Every single day you wake up and you have this sense of urgency that I need to do something to make this work. And if I don't, I could be failing myself. I could be failing my family. I could be failing my business partner. There's a lot on your shoulders there, but that also, to me, it's invigorating, right? It makes you want to get up early, want to get started, want to do everything you can in that day and talk to every single person that you can and get your name everywhere that you can. It's really exciting to go through. I kind of hinted this, but one of the biggest things I learned is to not think of yourself as a failure, no matter what happens. First of all, most people do fail. And whether that's a short-term or long-term, you're going to have days that are bad. You're going to have days that you feel like you hit a home run and you have to be able to balance all of those and not take the down day forward into your next day. And with that, you have to have a lot of trust in yourself. I think I've heard almost every entrepreneur ever say this, that as you start something, you're going to doubt yourself every single day. And you have to be able to accept that doubt and then act on it and accept that you might have that doubt for weeks at a time sometimes. So being able to withstand that and trust yourself, trust your instinct and your idea, I think is critical. And then the other thing I would say is just don't be shy. Catalyst, I can't explain how powerful having Catalyst there was at the time of starting a new company from scratch. Having community around you, I think, is critical. Having connections with people is critical. I was fortunate enough that we could throw together a quick happy hour at Catalyst and get 40 or 50 people or more to show up that I could talk about what we were doing with and that everyone was excited and embracing each other and all were in a similar position. So find that community if you don't have it. If it's not there in a physical space today, obviously, find ways to do it online and connect with people through webinars, through 
even things like LinkedIn and, and whatnot, and just ask people to talk to you. It's amazing when you ask, hey, would you be willing to chat? I'm just curious to learn what you're doing or whatever. How many people, I mean, 90% of people are going to say, yeah, let's do it. I think that's a hurdle that a lot of people fail to get over early on is they think that they might be in their own little world and who would want to talk to me? I'm just this little company, et cetera. So get past that really fast. (laughs) The big one out of all of those, and I love all of them and definitely applied all of those to my journey as an entrepreneur. But the biggest one for me that I share all the time, and I think it's important, failure is absolute one of the secret sauces, one of the secret ingredients to success. From my perspective, if you aren't failing along the way, you're actually not doing it right. You should be failing. It's okay. You should embrace it. And I think that's one thing that I personally, as an aside, I just absolutely love about the culture that Sean Lane, our CEO at at all of has set in front of all of us. It's okay, right? Go and try new things, break things, fail, fail fast, learn from it, make us better. There's nothing wrong with that. And no matter the size of a company that you may be working with, and even Fortune 100, this mindset should be there no matter how big or how small a company is. Getting into this mindset that failure is part of the journey to success, I think is a big one that I always love to share when I get the opportunity to mentor others. So with all of those, Eric, thank you for sharing that. Now let's get back to it. Let's start getting into Rotary. Again, you mentioned a few terms. Want to make sure our community is aligned here before you dive into all the wonderful things happening in Rotary. You mentioned exactly kind of that high-level elevator pitch of what Rotera is, the only AI consulting and custom development company that leverages the Olive platform. Before we go there, you mentioned Olive Helps. You mentioned cybernetics. Can you unpack that a bit, share with our community, what does that look like? What does that mean? Very, you know, short elevator pitch on that, and then we'll really dive into Rotera. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Rotera wouldn't be here without Olive Helps and without all the things that Olive is doing. Olive Helps is basically, it is a cybernetics platform. And the entire intent of cybernetics is to think about how machines and living things can kind of work together and make each other better, if you will. Olive Helps is it's a very lightweight program that sits on your desktop that brings information to you when you need it, that can sense that there's something happening that will make you more effective if you were given this whisper of information or this ability to trigger some event or this ability to interact with some other system outside your network potentially. So cybernetics is trying to connect man and machine, I would say, in a way that they are operating together versus against each other. When you think of automation and you think of AI, there's always this scare of taking your job. And you know it comes up in almost every conversation of, well, is this gonna put certain workforces out of a job in the future? And there are aspects of that world that are meant to repeat certain tasks and evolve the human workforce. Cybernetics, though, is really focused on how do you make every individual better at what they do and more efficient at what they do and turn them into superheroes is one thing that Lala likes to say. I think it's a really valuable, impactful thing that we're just starting to scratch the surface of. But it is about, again, about that connection between man and machine that. I think we're trying to embrace. And so then, of course, you mentioned that you are that only company that's been able to build on top of all of. So let's go there. What is Rotera and what is the need? Why? What's the why? What are you solving for in the marketplace with Rotera? So Rotera, as you mentioned, we are a custom design and development shop. There's advisory built in with that. 
our approaches to go into a health system, a payer, a technology vendor. We're talking with outsourcing companies. Everyone has a need to be more efficient and also to share information more seamlessly in real time. Rotera is there to find those niche problems that every individual may have and come up with a solution on the fly that will work. It's always this funny conversation that every single health system, every single company out there in this industry feels they are different. And we always laugh about it. In consulting, we always did at least, oh, you're all the same, actually. It's the same set of problems. And there's some truth to that. But at the same time, really, they are different. (laughs) That might not be because they have to be. It might be politics. It might be the nature of all the different technologies that they've patched together over the years. It may also be regulation or even regional, state-by-state, city-by-city regulation that drives them to do things in a different way. Ultimately, there is nuance, significant nuance from one organization to another. So we really view that while products are wonderful and off-the-shelf thing is great, it doesn't always fit the need of the unique individual or the unique organization. So Rotera is meant to be there as a way to say, how do you do it and why? And hey, maybe there's some advisory work that we can help to push you in a different direction if we think there's a better way. But if this is a truly unique situation that requires customization around you, we can leverage this amazing platform that Olive has built to tweak it to your liking, to make you more efficient as an organization in the current problem that you have today. The amazing thing is that the technology is so nimble that a lot of this custom work we're talking about can be done in a matter of weeks. So it's not like it's this huge unpacking of, oh, I'm going to build this massive custom software thing from scratch that's going to be out of date in six months because they're going to change the way they do things. It's so nimble that we can get it live fast. It can live its course. And if you do need to change it six months from now, it's not a massive undertaking to make that change. Nothing like the way the EMR of the past was, right, where you spend two years implementing something or longer and thinking of making major changes to it. Altercations to workflows is a huge undertaking or has staff of 100 people focused on maintaining. So that's where we're at. Again, I think trying to focus on the custom world. Part of our goal here is also how do we bring this type of technology to the masses? As you know, and you and I have talked about rural health a lot in the past and critical access hospitals and the likes. And a lot of these smaller organizations, smaller provider groups have been significantly challenged by the competitive nature of the industry, which has obviously led to a lot of acquisitions and mergers and everything else. But we strongly feel that independence and small rural care is still a critical thing and should be able to survive. And so part of our thought is bringing AI to that world and doing it in a lightweight, cost-effective way could really empower them to be much more efficient at what they're doing, allow that cost structure to be maintained and prevent some of the unnecessary M&A activity from occurring that might completely change their culture and the way that they think about caring for the real world. So that's one of our missions as well. So exciting. Yeah, I'm watching it in firsthand. I'm, I'm very fortunate I get to have a front row seat to everything that you're leading with Rotera and working with some of our partners here within Olive and across the nation. It's just been so fun to watch all of it come to life. One thing also I want to go back to, Eric, you mentioned for, again, for our community to get a better understanding of all this. You mentioned the word whisper. 
Can you really quickly define what does that mean? What does a whisper mean for the end user? So, and I love it as well, because we're, we're proud to say here at all of that we want to give our healthcare workers superhuman powers with our technology. And, and I'm watching in real time, we are doing exactly that. And it is an absolute blast and more importantly, an honor. But you mentioned a whisper to do exactly that. What does that mean? Wonderful question. It's so natural now to just spit these things out and not think about the audience sometimes. So I mentioned Olive Helps as a platform. So Olive Helps is the core technology that allows us to do what we're doing. There's this loop development kit that allows us to build these custom themes. I mentioned the word loop there. A loop is often viewed similar to like an app would be on the iPhone or an Android phone where Olive Helps is the platform and you install this loop as like an application within it. The idea is you could have thousands and thousands of loops available for different purposes. You could also package things within a loop that might perform multiple different services for someone, but it's in essence an app. The loop then uses sensors to say, when should I trigger something? When should I nudge this user more or less? And what's the right timing for providing them with what is the whisper? So the whisper is basically a visualization. We have this sidebar that can be either in your face or very much behind the scenes, depending on the user preference. And at the time that a sensor says, hey, what you just performed this certain action that makes me think that you might need to obtain data from this glucose monitor. Therefore, I'm going to produce a whisper for that patient you were just talking with and show you the recent results from their glucose meter. The whisper would be the display of that data to you. And then there's interaction with it that you might do to say, show me more. Let's show another whisper that has blood pressure as well, or let's move on to some other scenario. So that's the idea. Tying it all together. So the whisper is happening in the form of that loop that you described where Rotera could be working with, say, with people that have ideas like, oh man, I know this loop, or as you mentioned in kind of simple nomenclature in the Apple App Store or iPhone or the Droid platform, it could be that whisper in the form of a loop that you help other dreamers and entrepreneurs and people that have great ideas actualize that into a loop by working with you at Rotera to build it. Would that be correct? That's absolutely right. You nailed it. <laughs> and so from here, and all of helps is, is deploying out across the country right now. I can proudly say, because I'm a part of the movement, we're seeing incredible, incredible results. And it's amazing too, to be able to see where the results and where they're coming from and being, for instance, the things, the superhuman powers that we're bringing into the call center environment, it has just been game-changing for those incredibly important healthcare workers at our hospital system customer sites, right? I mean, that's one area of many where all of health can be so pervasive throughout the entire hospital type of setting, if you will, right? From pharmacy to supply chain to front patient registrar, even as Sean, our CEO would say, sometimes let's maybe make ordering food in the cafeteria easier, giving the valet team in the very front, right when you drive up, superhuman power. So the opportunity, you mentioned it earlier, the opportunity is endless with all of helps, but being able to have a, an organization like Rotera help people within the industry and even with that are outside of the industry, because we want to bring in new fresh minds as well to really think through how do we solve this problem that we call the current healthcare industry, to have you guys there leading the charge to bring this to life is absolutely powerful. I'm watching it happen in real time and couldn't be more excited with where you're taking Rotera. But let's also now talk a little future state as well. Eric, you guys are founded in 2021. You're getting the engine revved up. 
But where do you also see things heading, not just for Rotera, but where do you see this things heading with this study and then this application you mentioned earlier of cybernetics, this interaction between machine and human? Where do you see all of that impacting healthcare moving forward? You know, take us out three to five to 10 years. What does the world look like for Rotera? What does the world look like for Eric? What does the world look like in this notion of cybernetics and applying all of that to help move the healthcare industry forward? Yeah, I kind of mentioned earlier that I view where we are in this industry today, in the AI industry and the use of cybernetics as rewind a decade or a little bit more than a decade of where the EMR was and people were interested in it, but it hadn't yet received that influx of we have to reach meaningful use and everyone has to have the EMR in place. I think we're starting to see that tipping point already where people are feeling that they have to have it in place. There's no one, there's not a government mandate of that yet. Maybe there will be one day, but we're at that point where it's a tipping point that everyone is going to be adopting very, very quickly. For Rotera specifically, I think we're going to see ourselves hopefully being the first building on this platform, but this is going to become an ecosystem of companies. There will be hundreds of companies that are built to work around the Olive platform. And so for me, I'm happy to be in early. I'm happy to think about how we also help change how Olive thinks about it and makes it more meaningful and useful for external partners to build upon it. I'm extremely excited by the fact that Olive's not one that's closing doors in terms of interoperability, but instead really trying to be an open capability. So I think it will also help increase that growth and ability to get this out to the world. Fast forward five years, maybe less. I think there's a world where every single human in the world, in healthcare or not, that uses technology to some degree, and hopefully everyone has technology in the future and we're not in the state we are right now where people are unable to get internet access and things like that. But everyone that's interacting with a computer or a mobile device should and will have some degree of a cybernetics play in what they're doing. And so I think it's amazing where we're at to be at the forefront of building this, but it'll be so pervasive in your everyday activity that it's like before Google came out and you were playing around with Ask Jeeves and Yahoo. And then all of a sudden Google came out and was like, holy cow, this thing actually works. I can ask it anything and find an answer that I want. It will feel like that. And it'll be on your mobile device. It'll be on your computer. It'll be on anything in the future that you interact with. And it'll be second nature to look to it to help inform you of information that you need at the point that you need it. So exciting. And that, my friend, is our CEO, Sean Lane at Olive, is one of his bigger visions for all of this in building the internet of healthcare. Think about that. So powerful. And this is going to be a foundational piece of that vision of what I know we can do. And it's going to take, as you mentioned, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take every single American to push the healthcare industry forward. Because at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, this industry does touch all of us, whether we work in it or we don't, it touches all of us. Therefore, it's going to take all of us. And I'm right there with you, Eric. The opportunities are endless with this discipline of cybernetics and being able to help build the internet of healthcare. And with your leadership, my friend, and everything that you're helping drive with Rotera, I know we're going to get there. But let's flip the script a bit on you. Let's get our community involved. And again, here we are leading Otera, moving things forward there. What can we be doing to help you? What's one problem, need, or question that you have that we can be helping you with? 
Yeah, I'm going to jump all the way back to the beginning of some of my comments today around entrepreneurship and talking with everybody you can. And I think one of the things I ask is talk to me, reach out to me, think about how you might use this type of technology. I think one of our challenges for sure is it is so vast. There are so many ways that we could think about using it that aligning ourselves at Rotera to the best ideas and the best partners to work with and the best individuals that might want to be a part of the movement, it's a massive C. So think of ideas and send them to me and reach out to me. I'd love to talk. And who knows, I might have a conversation with a random patient in Minnesota that thought of this idea and maybe we'll collaborate and change the world. I mean, it is really, really possible. So that's what my ask would be. Brave, be creative and share that creativity and reach out. And be able to do that. We need to be able to get a hold of you. Where do we find you online? Social media, contact points, websites, or otherwise, how do we find you? Yeah, sure. You can email me. I'll give you my email address is Eric, E-R-I-C-K at Rotera, R-O-T-E-R-A dot A-I. Go out to rotera.ai, my website. I've got a newsletter you can sign up for there. Would love to have you guys join, stay a part of what we're doing and stay in tune with us. We're on LinkedIn. Myself, there's a Rotera page on LinkedIn as well. And then I'm on Twitter at E-M-C-K-E-S-S-O. Easy enough. And we'll have all of those contact points listed in the episode notes. So simply scroll down in your podcast player and click on through to get a hold of Eric and the team over at Rotera. Additionally, we'll have a post located over on our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. You can leave comments, questions, feedback, ideas, or otherwise in there as well. And all of those contact points for Eric will be listed in that post over again at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Eric, this has been a blast. I knew it was going to be. I knew we were going to cause all sorts of good trouble. I did not know that we were going to be talking about fortune telling boxes. So that was a good wild card. Had no idea that you built those back in the day. But hey, entrepreneur at heart. I love it. So Thank you again. All joking aside, thank you for joining today. This was a conversation I have been waiting for. So excited that we were able to both take time to get together today for this podcast recording. I appreciate you stopping by. I do have one more section. It's a fill in the blank, and then we're going to sign off. I'm a passionate pioneer because... I'm a passionate pioneer because I truly want to free people from inefficiency caused by broken process. Ooh, I love it. Powerful. Love it. Well, Eric, thanks again. Really appreciate you stopping by. Do keep us posted. Maybe we're starting to bring back our guests of a where are they now? So hopefully in the future, we'll bring you back to see where all things are with the Rotera camp. Can't wait to hear those updates as well. But for now, again, thank you so much for all that you do in moving our industry forward. And as we work together, there's no doubt we can create a better future for this nation and for our industry. And with leaders like you, I'm very confident we will get there. Again, Eric, Thank you so much for being with us today. Likewise. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.